at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. It'll be an 85-84 final. Texas Tech wins a nail-biter in Norman. I can't watch this anymore. It's over. Turn the lights out. Let's get the bulldozers in here and turn this place in a parking lot. Man. I, I think that probably sums up some feelings out there pretty well uh another heartbreaker man yeah that was tough that was tough all of a sudden you find yourself with a losing record in conference you're three and four slipping uh, as far as games back i mean i don't know that anyone realistically thought that we were going to win the regular season big 12 conference title but i mean you need to be stacking these wins um Drop two at home, man. That's tough, and you're about to go out on the road. Ah, frustrating basketball game. Yeah, at least you weren't there. It was a lot more yeah. frustrating if you were there. I Saturday morning, I see on Twitter that hey, today's game is sold out. I'm like, what? Sold out? Let's go. We were just talking on Friday about how the the crowd on Tuesday was great and the. Crowd on Saturday will still be all right, but it's not going to be as big as the crowd was on Tuesday. But if it's sold out, all right. I mean, there'll be some empty seats, but nice. Well, there were Texas Tech fans everywhere in that place on on Saturday. Yeah. And uh, they were – they they let everyone know that they they won the basketball game. That was uh, blowing a nine-point lead late. Yeah, it was was tough. At least the beer lines were short, though. I, I did research that. Short beer lines. Yeah, it was great. There was no beer lines. The lines were actually non-existent in my experience. That means we're getting better, okay? We're getting better. Improvement. I know we didn't win the game, but we're improving, which is, uh, I guess, not all you can ask for, but one of the things you can ask for. Yeah, man, it felt they came out at halftime and, you know, it was tight in the first half and it, you know, was – was pretty tied back and forth there to start off the second half, and then we caught fire, and it's like, okay, here we go. About to run away with this thing, and I don't know, was it fool's gold, call it whatever you want, but that run did not last very long. Uh, We were tied at 55 with 9.51 to go, ran it out to a a nine-point lead with 7.40 to go, and... And then they got going. Once Oway had that steal and that dunk, that place went pretty crazy, and it was, mm-hmm. all right, okay. It was close there for a while. OU's going to pull away and win this thing. Everything's going to feel all right. And Well, they didn't hold on to the lead, and uh, Tech ends up winning because of a career day by someone else. Chance McMillan this time. Yeah. Well, he was good. That Pop Isaacs dude is good, too. I mean, He's a uh, interesting chance from the student section every time he uh, got to the free throw line. What were they saying? I could I couldn't uh, make it out of TV. I, I didn't I don't really know the situation. I had looked into the situation, but uh, there was a she's a minor chance every time. So <laughs> I'm sure you can okay. imagine there. Yeah, okay. It was pretty loud. 
From the 918, not going to lie, Tyler, you didn't look too good in that Texas Tech gear with your friend. Yes, Teddy, mm. he was all for Tech. Don't let him tell you otherwise. Mm. I was in an okay. OU uh, Jetman pullover. I don't know what you were seeing. I was sitting by a uh, Texas Tech friend, though. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, what do you, how do you put your finger on this one? Right? Just, I, you know, I, I don't know. It, you, you had it. You had a chance to capitalize there with under 10 to go in the second second half. And, I mean, it's a gut punch, dude. I don't know any yeah, other way. To, I don't know how like, you put it. It's that's just, how I felt walking out of the arena on Saturday. It's just we knew the importance of this game. We talked about it all day on Friday. You, you had to have it. The must-win scale, would you put it on? A, put it in an 8 and I put it at a 9 or maybe mm-hmm. you were at a 7. But we were both pretty high on the must-win scale, and you had this great opportunity just outside the top 10 to go 2-0 and for the week and really set yourself up nicely. But an 0-2 week with two road games, it's, it's a gut punch, and I hope this doesn't happen, but it makes you, makes you really wonder if a slide's about to, about to occur with this team. Yeah, you ju- you don't want to link too many together. I mean, that's the thing. And this is a – I still think it's a really good basketball team. Um, you know, we didn't operate great down the stretch, but I don't know if you want to sit here and hammer it all day long. I think there's plenty of things that you can go to. But, you know, I also thought there were some good things coming out of it. I thought uh, Suarez looked great. Uh, you know, I – had one of his better games coming off the bench, putting in uh, 19. I thought that's something nice you can build on. Um, man, I don't know. It's uh, McCollum's got to get rolling. Yeah, you know, I think you know. I think you're going to get some guys on a night by night basis that may, you know, maybe uh, maybe it's Oway, maybe it's Uzan, maybe it's someone off the bench coming in having a nice outing, but. Like that needs to be in addition to McCollum having his, you know, his standard type of night that he's had down the stretch, and I, I don't know, he's he's falling off a bit, probably losing some confidence, which is understandable. This text from the four hundred five says, "Miss free throws, pretty damn simple." Yeah, fourteen to twenty, or excuse me, what was it? It was fifteen to twenty four. Fifteen to twenty four. Miss nine free throws, you you lose by one. So it's easy yeah. to look at that and say, "Well, there's where you lost the game." and I, I think that's Hard true. <laughs> Immediately I thought that. But the more that I thought about this game, it's, yeah, you can't miss nine free throws, especially at home. But you know what you also can't do? You also can't score 84 points in a Big 12 game and end up losing on your home floor. Like Defensively, yeah. and I know that Tech hit some shots, and, and that's great, and McMillan had a career night, and Pop Isaacs uh, ended up having a good game, but... Dude, 84 points in a Big 12 game, that's that's a lot of points, man, for the most part. You, you, you need yeah. to win that game if you're going to score in the mid-80s at home. And I think yeah, Porter pretty much said as much right after the game. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting. Like, turnovers, like, turned it over. It, it wasn't overwhelming. They had 11 turnovers to to 10 for, for Tech. Um, but, yeah, I, when you shoot – you know, 42%, make 11 threes, 11 to 26 from three. You feel like you're going to win that game. So, yeah, I. and this is usually a pretty good 
team from the foul line. What uh, Owe was two of five. Yeah, that but they of... they've had their issues at times. I think didn't the yeah. North Carolina game? Remember when they missed a bunch of free throws in in that one? Yeah, so it, it, it's been an, an issue it's at other points up. this year. Yeah, for sure. But at least Red Panda's consistent. No matter how many times you see Red Panda, it's still amazing. Yeah. There's still like the uh, like the pause in between the action. She's loading up. And there's still all the drama that you, you that you felt the first time. So mm. at least Red Panda delivered on Saturday. Dang. Well, okay. You know, we talked about this. Now you're heading out on the road at K-State where you're going to have to do a better job hiding your, uh, your spy department, apparently. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, at UCF, who, uh, you know, I – I don't know how good of a team they are, but we know that you can go down there and lose that basketball game. I mean, they've they've beaten some people there, and then you got BYU at home. I mean, it's it's a Big Twelve schedule. It's not gonna you're not gonna have any easy stretches. So it's frustrating that you dropped those last two games. Would, uh, would, would you Texas like some good news Tech. on on Tuesday's game potentially? Yeah, we keep bringing or I keep bringing up the uh, ESPN BPI and what they think about this team. Well, the BPI yeah. has been wrong three consecutive games now on OU. Okay. Three consecutive times. Uh, OU has a 42.8% chance to win on Tuesday. Here we go. So maybe that's good news. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Now we're finding some stuff to build on. Good job, Tyler. Yeah. Uh-huh. Got to find anything. Okay. Well. What's, uh, what, what's got to happen this week for you to feel a lot better about things next Monday compared to today? Just one <laughs> win on the road. They got to win both of them. Um, I mean, you got to beat UCF, right? I mean, K-State, it's going to be tough to win there. It's a tough place to play. You know, and and I know that UCF has a couple of nice home wins. What They they knocked off Kansas at home. One at Texas. Um, Yeah, one at Texas. But you got to win that game. I mean, if if you're saying – are you going to beat K-State on the road? Or are you going to beat UCF on the road? Well, there, there's an easy answer to that one. You pick UCF. Now, uh, I, mean, I think this team is capable of winning either one of those, but I don't know which one I would pick. I mean, I would, I would take UCF because I don't think they're as good as K-State, but who knows what you're going to get on a given night, you know? Number 23 uh, this week in the top 25, so slid 12 spots after losing twice this past week. Yeah. yeah, just felt like last week was a big week, man, and um, just just some missed opportunities there. And, and as upset as we were on Tuesday night and on into Wednesday in the show, and, th- and there were a lot of people upset, trust me, but I feel like I just feel so much better if they would have rebounded and won on Saturday. It's like, okay, you, you felt like you should have won, both, but you just beat a team that was first place in the conference, split this week, get back home next Tuesday, but that tech, that tech loss was really deflating. Yeah. Really deflating. Well, yeah, I mean, just think of the difference. Now, I know that the final score, what we hit a three as the clock it's expired. I mean, it was Tech handily won that that game. Uh, not not handily, but it was whatever. I guess what I'm saying is if you had won that game and scored 84 at home, you you probably feel like, Whatever problems you had have been solved, right? And you're in a much better place. You didn't kill yourself with turnovers. I mean, you can always be cleaner with the basketball, but 
Um, you know, you, you hit some good threes. You had some really exciting moments showing some athleticism running the floor. Some good defensive moments built in there, too. Plenty of good play off the bench. I mean, there's a lot to be excited about except for the final score. You know, if, if, if you'd won the game, you'd probably come away feeling really good, which I know I'm. that's a stretch, but I'm saying there was there's good stuff there to build on, I guess. Well, we'll get to the text line a, a lot next segment, but just to tease something coming up next, I uh, I think we need to start talking about a particular player as the best in OU history at his position. Just a little bit of a tease there for you. On the basketball team? No, on the no on the football side of things. Oh, okay. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> JV and McCollum, the best guard in OU history. You heard it here. I was, I was like, I can't wait for next segment. No, this is going to no. be amazing. No, I sh- maybe I should have left it at that tease then. So you're telling me there's a current player on the University of Oklahoma football team? No, 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 no. I- I'm just saying that there's a player out there currently – not an OU that I think we need to talk about more as the best at his particular uh, position in school history. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. I mean, I could no. tease it a little bit more. I don't want to make it too obvious. No, 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 no. Don't make it too obvious. Uh, I'm also curious to hear what the text line has to say about the game because are we – are we – because here's the thing. We talk about this in football all the time. Uh, have we – you know, that run we went on and where we were ranked, did everyone change their expectations and their their goals for this, this hoops team this year and now we're just massively disappointed? Or is is there a little perspective out there with, uh, with the fan base, with the ref army? I'm curious to hear what everyone's got to say about it. 405-651-3439. Let us know. All right. Instead of quick timeout, more from the rush coming up. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino today. I-44 exit 107 in Newcastle. Stay tuned. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. As we age, cataract surgery is often an inevitable step. Detailing your loss and insurance settlement. As your trusted consultant, Brown O'Haver can give you peace of mind and make sure you're getting what's yours. Call Brown O'Haver today, 405-735-5510, and make sure they're working for you. It's a reaction Monday on the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, 405-651-3439. I'm going to give you the resume of one player here, okay? We're going to decide if he's the best player at his position in uh, OU history. This particular player at OU, freshman All-American, then a two-time All-Big 12 selection, then a consensus All-American, and then the number four pick in the draft. He's an 11-time Pro Bowler and a three-time All-Pro in the NFL. Yeah. That player is Tritt Williams. Correct. Is he the best tackle OU offensive lineman of all time? I've got one other really good candidate while you're thinking about it. Okay, give me the other candidate. Okay, this other candidate was an Outland Trophy Award winner. Okay. 2003 and 2004 All-Big 12. Right. All-American in 03, 
And then again, uh, All-American again in 04, unanimous. Not the NFL career, though. I mean, two-time Pro Bowl, that's a good career, but it's not 11. Well, he was an All-Pro one year, too, wasn't he? One-time first-team All-Pro. Yep, correct. Okay. So who's better, Jamal Brown or Trent Williams? You know who else needs to be in that conversation? Now, what are we talking about here? Let's you got to give me the parameters. Like, who was the best while they were at OU? Who was the best, like, just straight up at any one I'm gonna moment give you throughout the most, their career? I'm going to okay. give you the most difficult response of all. You have, okay. I think you can factor both in, but you have to, if we're talking about OU history, probably lean a little bit more heavily on what they accomplished while they were, they were at OU. Yeah. But also consider what's happened in the league since they left. And, well, that's, and that's why that's difficult because Jamal Brown had the better OU career, right? And Trent well, Williams has had the better NFL career, I think. Yeah. Um, well, here's the thing. I would say – now, the other part is I can't speak to – a lot of the earlier guys that played at OU. I mean, we've had we've had a bunch of great offensive line, uh, offensive tackles. So I can't speak to those guys. But if if you're asking me, like at their peak, at their pinnacle, like who is the best to play the position, like. For for whatever moment, who like whatever time in their career, whether it was at OU or in the NFL, wherever, like who was the most dominant? Uh, I think I probably have to say Trent. Yeah, because I mean, just physically destroying guys <laughs> in the NFL over the last couple of years. I mean, I think he's really reached his. His his peak, you know, he's he's, I mean, he's he's probably on the downswing. He's on the back end of his career for sure. Right, still playing. At I'm high not level. saying he's. Yeah, I'm not saying he's fallen off, but I think like two or three years ago, like when he first got to San Francisco, he was on an absolute another level. Like best tackle in the NFL. I I think it's hard to take that take that spot from him. I mean, just from some of the stuff, I don't know, I haven't seen all of everyone's film, but just some of the, the things that I've seen him do, just physically dominating. Bob was Which, talking about the yeah. feet with us uh, on oh, Tuesday yeah. of him, and maybe that's what sets him apart from any of the other elite offensive linemen here. Not that the others could move around, but just his size mixed in with the athletic ability. Bob yeah. said he, Bob said a sta- staff meeting, he could play defensive line for those guys. I oh, believe yeah. that. Well, you know, and again, we're talking about we're splitting hairs here. We're at the top of the top. I mean, you're talking about Lane Johnson, who's I don't know how many All Pros he has and how many Pro Bowls he has. Five Pro Bowls, two team, uh, two time All Pro, which that's incredible. Yep. Um, you know, he's he's right there too. But I'm just going to go back to the and he's an, he's a freak with the the lateral movement the athleticism the strength the ability to anchor uh, you know just the experience the hands he's got it all too 
Um, I just think I think Trent is a little more physically dominating. I could be wrong. I'm not the go-to on offensive line, but that's who I, I mean. I would. I think he got a pretty strong case there. Big Rich in OKC says Ralph Neely in Dallas, two-time All-American, then All-Pro in Dallas. Uh, 12 years, dang. Two-time Super Bowl champ, 1960s All-Decade in the NFL. That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty salty. It's really good. Again, those are the ones that I can't, I can't really speak to. And, you know, there's other guys that were incredible players that were hit a peak and then injury or whatever, you know, circumstances perhaps that those guys had affected too, you know. There's reasons maybe other guys didn't get to where, you know, the longevity and everything that Trent's had, but. You know who comes to mind for that? And I think he actually had a pretty good career in Tampa. Made, made at least uh, one Pro Bowl, maybe a first-team All-Pro. Davin Joseph. Oh, Davin yeah. Davin Joseph was a heck of a player at OU. Oh, he's incredible. Then had first some success draft at Tampa. Pick. Yeah. Had success at Tampa. Then I think he went to St. Louis. Uh, had some success at St. Louis. Now, I'm telling you, whenever he was, whenever he was at his peak in the league, that was as – Physical and I, I, I say this in a good way. Dirty, like you did not want to play against Tampa. Whenever Davin Joseph was there at guard, him and uh, I think Fane was the center. Dude, they were <laughs> they were brutal, man, brutal. I just I, I don't know why I had that random thought today. I mean, I we've talked about best wide receiver, Stoops era quarterback. You know, you do that from time to time, but. Best offensive lineman, not a conversation around here that you hear a lot. Right. And it's just like, huh, well, Trent Williams is playing in his first Super Bowl. Is he the best offensive lineman in school history? But then Jamal Brown yeah. has a heck of a case. Lane Johnson, if you just want to talk about the product at, like, what they are as players at their peak. I mean, he's in that conversation. I mean, I, I just I think Trent Williams has got one hell of a case. He and Jamal Brown. And throw in Ralph Neely, who we just learned about two minutes ago. Right. Yeah. Nope. No doubt. It's fun, man. I'm, I'm glad he's going to get an opportunity in the Super Bowl, uh, which I guess I saw someone put out the graphic about schools with the most active players on rosters in the Super Bowl, and Oklahoma's yep. number one, right? Well, for the second consecutive year, they're number one. I guess you can thank the Chiefs for being yeah. in the Super Bowl for you know a- another year. Appreciate that. That, that weighs heavily uh, towards OU, that being the case. Colin yeah. Claremore says, I've never seen Lane Johnson go in motion for a block. Um, I don't know. I, I I agree with that right now, but that don't mean it hadn't happened. I think he, that could uh, that could definitely happen at some point. I think hasn't Lane Johnson caught a touchdown? Ooh, let me go back and look. Uh, let's see. Yet one reception for five yards and one touchdown. Nice. Well, call. there you go. I don't know if Trent Trent Williams has or not, but that goes on the. Uh, Let's go ahead and do that. That goes on the Bowl. bingo card too. Go ahead and do it. Just report as an eligible player, but do it in the Super Bowl, please. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Greg Roberts from the Switzer era says squirrel. Yeah. What about Stock Car McDougal? Says a texter in the nine one eight. I think Stalker, you know, he was in Detroit whenever I went there. He got drafted after – he was in the first round after that 99 season. And um, I don't – I think he got had some injury issues or something in the league. I can't remember exactly what. Brad says Creed Humphrey. I'm yeah. not – I mean, he's 
Yeah, great player. I, I think he could have a chance at the best title for center in OU history, potentially. Oh, well. I think he's I think probably th- already in that conversation. Yeah. It, now that Kelsey's retiring, which, I mean, I think that that's official. I'm not sure, but if if it is official, then Creed's about to be your all-pro center for the next however many years you want to list it. Yeah, I think he did so. retire. It was reported, and then people got mad, and then he told his team or maybe yeah. said on the podcast. Something. So, like, that's going to that's gonna change things dramatically for Creed Humphrey. He's about to get paid. All right, back to basketball text. 405, you asked for him. Moser is a poser. Never believe the early <laughs> hype. Also, let's not move the goalpost on expectations. Yeah, what were the expectations? Make the tournament, right? Before the year, yes make the tournament but then i asked the same question two weeks ago and it was well you know it's we're here let's just go ahead and make the sweet 16 yeah it's it's hard you know number one it's hard because i don't know what i'm looking at okay i you know i i thought they looked good early but i wasn't sure everyone kept telling me no they're legit it's there they're gonna be great and I'm not saying that those people were wrong. We've just lost whatever that early magic was. And I think, I I don't want to put it on one guy. That's not fair. But. Well, the way McCollum looked early, he, you know, I don't know if that was, you know, better than what he actually is. If he just had a red hot streak. Or if he's on a cold streak and it's going to come back. I don't know. But, like, that was one of the main things that was really propelling them to where they were. You know, a lot of people around the country were saying that McCollum's one of the best guards in the country. Yeah. Well, I think adjustments happen in this league. And, we, and we've seen that sure. year after year, right? Yeah. Someone gets off to a hot start. Not that he can't get hot again. I do think he's on a cold streak right now. and make, Maybe the confidence is suffering, but adjustments are made in this league the more and more league games that you play um and yeah sometimes someone figures out a real solution for you whether that's just to be super physical with you maybe that's going on right now but now OU's got to adjust man because it's got to get better in a hurry and it's really going to be difficult to turn things around if your best scorer JV and McCollum is giving you what he gave you this week which just it's not enough man it's not enough you got to get more than that Jason from Garland, Texas says, when conference home games should always be the expectation. Yeah. Year three, Moser has not done it yet. That's not living up to anyone's expectations. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the tough thing is Saturday was a good crowd. There was a lot of Tech fans in there. But yeah. when OU made plays, it got loud and there was a good crowd. Tuesday was a great crowd. Last year at Oklahoma State was a great crowd. It just seems like for the past few years, every time they've gotten a good crowd in that place – and there's some real momentum, like, oh, here's a chance to really take off. They don't they don't win those games. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So let me ask you this. Has there been a a difference in the way that they've been guarding McCollum? I mean, listen to this. The last five games, uh, he had 17 against Kansas, 55% from the – from the floor uh and then against west virginia 13 points 50 percent from the floor and then 16 against cincinnati 37 percent 
and then nine against Texas, 27%, and then seven against Tech, 18%. So, like, his efficiency is dropping like a rock. Yep. It is it is it a way people are defending him? Is it just playing better teams and better defenders? Like what? I think it's all. I mean, I, I think that the first part could definitely be true. Maybe they're being more physical with him, but I think once you, as a shooter, if you lose confidence and you allow, yeah. I mean, that's that's tough to overcome at times, man. Right. I mean, and we we've seen it here with some players that. You know, lose confidence on the road, and it's it's tough to hit a shot. I, I just think probably more than anything, that's what he's going through right now, is right. the confidence is really lacking, and they've they've got to figure out a way to get that back. Yeah. Slim Brady says girls just want to have fun. Two fire emojis. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yes. I was happy to hear that the uh, song that I always comment on Monday that I say plays in the background. Teddy heard it before the show even started today. I couldn't stop laughing. I it. Seriously, was probably the song, maybe at least a song or maybe two songs before we came on air. Uh, I was. <laughs> Did you think of Katie Holmes when you heard it? No, I didn't. Oh, I I thought of the text line whenever I heard it, yeah. which I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> I love it. Just uh, deep in conversation, it's just like, yeah, girls want to have fun. What a song! Thank uh, you, thank so you for funny. that, Slim Brady. That's great. Yeah. Any requests? We're taking requests, too. Just go ahead and text in what you want to hear next. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number one rolls on here from Newcastle Casino. Stay with us. Sooner Football Talk lives here. This is The Ref. Wake up with Toby Rowland and TJ Perry. The T-Row in the morning show. It's what a sports show sounds like when people remember to have fun. Have you ever stormed a court? Never. Never stormed a court or a field field ever in my life. No. Dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. It's the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Text line took it seriously when you said send in your song submissions. Who do you who do you think <laughs> if you had to guess which texter requested hash pipe by Weezer? If you just had to throw out a random guess, which uh, list, which which texter? I'm not even sure what that is, but I would go with Gunny. Yeah, y- yes. <laughs> Normally the correct answer is always Gunny. That's so funny. That uh, that's that's uh, that's who it was. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Keep the text coming. What one more? Here on a basketball, we'll move on. Scott T says, check me, but I think against OSU, Texas, and KU, Moser has one win. I think he's the guy, but that's not acceptable. Yep, that's that's correct. What is it? One? Just one? Is yeah. That... Hmm. 0-5 versus Texas, 1-4 against Oklahoma State. So he's 1-9 combined against OSU and Texas. Dang. Yeah, you missed last Wednesday's show. You uh, that would have been hammered into your memory after after that three hours. That's crazy because I mean, I there's been some tough things to work through for sure. But Oklahoma State is in like the real depths of uh, their their basketball program right now, being bad and. Jeez, just one win against the two teams? That is n- not great. No. Not great. Hey, did some uh, Texas A&M DNA make its way to Levi Stadium last night? Blowing a 17-point halftime lead? 
Oh, man. That's wrong. What? That... You were thinking it? Everyone was thinking it. Well, he did go to A&M. I don't know. Well. I felt bad for him. How could you not? Yep, that was tough. That was tough. They um, and they and they've had a lot of tough sports moments throughout the uh, city's history. I know the, the the Pistons were good for a stretch, and they won a title. The Red Wings, golly, when I was growing up, felt like they were winning the cup just about every other year. But that has to be has to be the worst sports loss in Detroit history of any sports. Has to be. Yeah, it was it was pretty brutal. Um, just you know, watching watching them fall apart. You know, they go in, go into halftime twenty four seven, feeling great. Now, you knew that San Francisco was going to mount some type of comeback. That they weren't just going to lay down. Um, but man, turnovers, uh, dropped passes. You know, some decisions late cost them. I mean, it was just. It was brutal. Like it, it, was, it was an brutal. incredible game, man. It was an incredible yeah. comeback. But I was almost sick watching them. Just bl- and you knew it was going to happen. As soon as they go for it on the what they're up fourteen, they don't kick the field goal. Yeah, they go for it and they miss it, and the Niners go right down the field and score. I, I thought at the time, oh god, they're going to blow this and lose, man. It's almost a sick feeling for the rest of the game for for those fans. Ah, oh, terrible. Yep. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco gets it coming out of the second half. They go field goal, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. That was their final five drives. And the real backbreaker was, you know, they kick the field goal coming out, nice drive, nine-play drive, go down, kick the field goal, and then Detroit's got it. Eight plays, and they lose it on downs. Um, you know, it's that fourth and two, and they go for it at the twenty-eight. How much time and was left when they uh, on that play? Do you have it in front of you? There was seven oh three left in the third. Okay, well, go ahead and make your point. I'll make mine on. Well, that. the point is, like, you got you got an opportunity to put some points on the board. You don't. 49ers go down, score a touchdown, and then you fumble it on the very next play. Gibbs fumbles uh, on your own 25-yard line. Give them the short field, four plays, touchdown. And it's like before you even have a chance to blink, you're in a tie football game 24-24. It's like they never even had a chance to, like, regather their composure and and take a second, breathe, and – Take a look at what they're up against. It just all happened so quick. Yeah. Um, Drew from Flower Mounds. I mean, there, there were a lot of things that happened. Drew points out that Josh Reynolds dropped some passes. Yeah. There's some more A&M DNA there. Like, a, a lot of things. It wasn't just the way too aggressive play calls. And I'm totally with, if that got you there, then for the most part, be who you've been all year long. But that was the decision that I didn't love, is you said 703 left. And that, that that's that's seven oh three left in the third quarter. And yeah. you knew coming out of halftime, all right, the Niners are gonna regroup. You're mm-hmm. gonna take their best punch coming out of half. There's like one more run coming out of the third quarter. Can you weather it? And you did. You held them to a field goal. You had a chance to make everything equal 
with seven minutes left in the third quarter and push it back to a three-score game, you know? Right. You had a chance to say, we took your best punch here in the second half, and nothing came of it, and it's still a three-score game. I thought that was a – there were a lot of huge moments in the second half. I thought that was big to not yeah. push it to a three-score game and come up short there. Well, you know, maybe maybe the biggest decision was the third and goal where they ran it. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't great. With 105 left, and I know what they're thinking – we're going to – they know we're passing here. We're going to hit them on a quick one. Well, you lined up in a pass – or in a running formation. I mean, they – you can tell whenever you're playing defense, like you can just tell by – like the presence of the offense, the body language. Uh, you could tell, especially down on the goal line, you can tell when someone's running it, you know. So, I that – decision right there is ultimately what buried them they end up going for it on fourth they get the touchdown but now it's just uh it's a matter of math at that point yeah and and dan campbell said as much after the game and i I saw like some lions media tweeting out like oh i mean that loss is terrible it stinks but this team will be around for a while its championship window is open and i totally agree with dan campbell Uh, it feels like that now but there is never a guarantee that you're going to get back to the thing. Never right. a guarantee. No. I'm sure the Chicago Bears felt like, yeah, when they came up short against Peyton and the Colts, yeah, we'll be back. And they, they never got back, man. They haven't gotten close since then. It's well, just not so easy just to get back to that game a year later. There's there's no doubt about that. And I know the Bears are a laugh, laughing stock now, but we all know how this thing works. It's cyclical, right? Um, Green Bay – Looks like maybe they found their quarterback in Jordan Love. Uh, you know, if that's the case, it's going to be it's going to be hell playing the Packers again every single year. You know, you had that quick little reset window, and they took advantage of it. You know, they made it to the NFC Championship game. I mean, come on, this team hadn't made the won a playoff game in how long? Thirty plus years. So, uh, yeah, I I guess knowing all of that. I kind of understand the mindset of saying, listen, I know the right way to play it. I know the smart way to play it. Like, we we have to go attack it to win the thing. You know, and maybe they felt being on the road, like they had to take those risks. But I don't know. I hate that that's what we come away talking about. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, on the other side, I got a fascinating playoff comparison for you. Okay. I don't know if you're ready for it. All right, all right, let's get to that. Quick timeout, more from the rush coming up. Stay with us. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. If you're looking for a no-appointment-needed doctor's visit, head to Norman Regional's walk-in clinics in Norman and more. Open Monday through Friday from 7A to 7P. Our walk-in clinics offer convenience. All right, a little uh, side-by-side comparison here, okay? Okay. This is uh, quarterbacks in the playoffs. Okay. Player one has had four games in the playoffs. His record in the playoffs is two and two. Completion percentage, 62.2%. Yards, 1,153. 10 TDs to three interceptions. Quarterback rating of 100.4. Okay. Player two has played in six playoff games. Two and four record in the playoffs. 
57.4 completion percentage, 1,324 yards passing, six touchdowns, six interceptions, 75.7 rating. Have any idea who QB1 is and who QB2 is? Which, by the way, we would agree that QB's one, QB1's numbers are better than QB2's. Yes. By two decent and amounts. two. Is QB1 Baker? Baker Mayfield is QB1. Nice job. Okay. <laughs> is QB2 Dak Prescott? I wish... I, I think I wish Dak was two and four in the playoffs at this point. Okay. No, two and four is Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore oh, Ravens. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Kind of interesting, huh? Obey. It is better numbers than Lamar in the playoffs. It is. I. I don't know. I'm. I don't know. What What do you attribute it to? I mean, I. I, I think Lamar is an incredible quarterback. I I don't know. I mean, the defenses are definitely more difficult. The playoff weather typically doesn't lend itself necessarily to your more athletic quarterbacks, you know, the, the kind of the style that, that he plays. I, I don't know what I would attribute it to. Well, but, I, I wouldn't I mean, attribute it to solely to this, but your wide receivers coming up with terrible taunting calls after a big play might factor into that. I mean, what are you doing, yeah. man? Well, I, I, that made me so mad yesterday just because of the stupidity. The stupidity to where you're, you're – Trying to come up with that big play. You've been bottled mm-hmm. up for two quarters. You make a big play and you just stand over a dude like you don't think it's going to be called in that spot. What are you right. doing? So right. dumb. It's, you know, I'm almost like, I've almost gotten to the point where I'm just numb to all of that because for the longest time it's made me so mad. I could never imagine how anyone could be so selfish, but it happens year after year, game after game, almost like the same situations where I get it. He said something to you earlier or whatever, but I don't you realize that you're playing for something <laughs> so a lot stupid. bigger? Selfish I mean, is a, probably a better word than, than, than just dumb. I, I, I don't know, but it's just it made me so – I'm not numb to it. It made me really, really, really mad yesterday watching yeah. that. And, of course, you fumble right at the one-yard line. Isn't that poetic? Yeah, that was, that was a tough one. I felt really bad for him on that. I'll say this, though. Kansas City has a really, really good defense. Really good. Um, they got a good defense, and whenever it's late with Pacheco, they can run the football now. Yeah, they can. Uh, so, I don't know. Man, Mahomes was efficient. <laughs> mm-hmm. 30 of 39 for 240 yards. And he was he was super clean. Played an awesome game. And he's throwing to a 33-year-old tight end who's running around yesterday like he's 23 years old. A rookie yeah. wide receiver from SMU, a wide receiver that's had trouble with drops this year, and he's – I mean, we, we've known he's good, but he's – I don't love the Chiefs either, but he's hes legendary status. He's that yep. special. Well, here's the thing, and this is why I think it's so important for Oklahoma to find 
a good tight end. Travis Kelsey, there's no one in the world that doesn't know how good he is, and it's still very difficult to cover. He's wide, running wide open all over the field. We'll talk about why next hour. Quick timeout, hour number two of The Rush, coming up next. 